weekly Trusted Visions podcast. I'm doing this one solo. The team is busy with with some of our clients and, and spending time with family. We hope that everybody had a great Thanksgiving and was able to spend time with, with friends, family, and loved ones and just take a minute to take a breath and rest and relax. So now we're already into December. I can't believe that we're getting ready to wrap this year up. It's been a great year for, for Trusted Visions. And very thankful for all of you being our audience, our clients, past, present, and future, um, and our broker-dealer partners. So this month, our team figured it would be best to wrap up this year taking a look back on 2021 and some of the challenges that that you as our audience being advisors and and OSJs have faced and, and what to look for going into 2022 and things that we predict are going to happen. So this week, we're going to start with just a recap of 2021 as it pertains to, we obviously know that COVID happened, um, which changed the entire landscape over the last year and a half, two years. For you as advisors, how how you interact with your clients, how you interact with your peers, or even your broker-dealer partners. Um, And and so as, as we look at that, as you all know, many of you couldn't for the longest time even meet with clients face-to-face. So when we reflect back on that, and if you're exploring your broker-dealer options, in my opinion, it's vital in today's environment that you're looking at not just payouts and pricing and transition money, but the technology efficiencies of your broker-dealer, because that's going to become more and more vital. Who knows? We've seen several different variants of this, this COVID stuff. Um, but who knows how long that's going to last? So ensuring that your broker-dealer is on the cutting edge of, of technology is vital. And part of how you can explore that option, not only doing technology demos and, and looking at it, but looking at what the average technology spend of that broker-dealer that you're exploring is spending. I mean, if, if some broker-dealers are spending $200 million plus on enhancing technology, some broker-dealers are saying, hey, we're going to leverage the, the custodian or the clearing firm's money and technology and let them spend it. And so my project, my prediction and my advice to our audience is really look at the technology efficiencies of your broker-dealer and ensure that they are going to exceed your expectations so that you can satisfy your client's needs. And then secondly, as we, as we reflect back on the 2021, you know, the consolidation amongst broker dealers and even in the RIA space is continuing to happen. A lot of people said, you know, hey, recruiting is going to slow down because of COVID and advisors don't want to make a move because everything's virtual. We actually seen just the opposite of it gave advisors and OSJs more time and freedom to explore their broker dealer options confidentially um, and discreetly because they weren't having to go into an office. They weren't having to you know, be in front of the broker dealer on a regular basis. And so we actually see more movement during COVID than we did prior to COVID. And so as this continues, and if, if you're still not you know, going face-to-face or going into the office, you know, this is a good time to explore your broker dealer options because you have a lot more freedom and discretion when you're doing that. Now, I know in previous podcasts, we talked about consolidation and, and, and red flags of, you know, what to look for just to determine whether your broker dealer was potentially being sold. Because let's be honest, and this isn't a bad thing, is 
if your broker dealer is looking to be sold, they're not going to come out to you and tell you, hey, we're looking to be sold for, for the most part. It's it's after the deal is finalized. So some red flags, just as a reminder from our previous podcast, to, to determine whether your broker dealer is potentially going to be sold is A, if they're owned by private equity, um, and private equity is not a bad thing, but most private equity firms they hold on to it for four to seven years um, and then flip it for a profit. I mean, private equity typically is in the market to make a profit on their purchase, not in it for long the long term. So if your broker dealer is owned by that private equity and you're nearing up on that four to seven year period, obviously there's, I wouldn't say cause for concern, but it's something you certainly want to consider that they're probably and more likely going to be sold in the near term. Um, the second thing is, and I, I've said this before, is if your broker dealer is offering more than the typical transition package, and when I say more than two, three, four times more, um, that, that's cause for alarm for one of two purposes is, A, are they doing it because they're trying to gear up the recruiting efforts to ensure that they can sell for a top dollar price? B is it a sign of desperation because they're losing more advisors than they're gaining? And, and an easy way to determine that is publications like Investment News, Advisor Hub, they have recruiting trends of what the recruiting gains are versus the recruiting losses for each firm. If a broker dealer's recruiting losses is substantially higher than their recruiting gains, it doesn't necessarily mean that broker dealer can be sold. What it means is they're offering two to three times more transition money out of desperation because they're losing more reps than they they um, are gaining. So that's that's one warning sign if your broker dealer is offering substantially higher um, transition money. The other warning sign would be is is management changing? Is is leadership starting to go? Are they changing pricing and payouts that negatively impact you as financial advisors and OSJs? I mean, let's be honest, the consolidation is going to continue to happen in our industry. I think five years ago, we had a little over 5,000 broker dealers. Now we're down to 3,200, I believe, um, around about that. And that's going to continue. And so as you're exploring your broker dealer options, I think it's vital that you look at a broker dealer that, that has scale, because in my opinion, in five, seven, 10 years, we're going to shrink down drastically to potentially under a thousand broker dealers because with the regulatory environment and, you know, the money that's being spent on keeping up with the regulatory side, keeping up with technology to ensure that you're competitive, that the economics are so slim that a lot of those small to medium-sized broker dealers, not saying all of them, but a lot of them aren't going to be over to stay competitive and in existence as we go forward. And so, when you're looking at your broker-dealer options, make sure that they have the capital and the scale to, to stay relevant in the industry. And look at the excess net capital that each broker-dealer has and look at their financials. Most recruiters, and I spent 18 years in the shoes of corporate recruiters, and I think they're great. Um, most recruiters, they're not just going to openly say to, to you as an advisor in OSJ, here's the broker-dealer's financials. You have to request that and really dig into what that looks like. And I strongly encourage you to do that or when working with a firm like Trusted Visions, utilizing us as consultants to, to dig into those financials to ensure that you're not going to a place that's going to be insolvent or, or need to sell 
in two, three, four years. So that's a little bit of a recap of 2021. Next week, we'll go further into what to expect going into 2022. So audience, I greatly appreciate, my team greatly appreciates you and all that you do for your clients. Uh, if you have any questions, please don't hesitate to email us at info at trustedvisions.com. Follow us on our YouTube page, Trusted Visions Placement and Consulting. We look forward to a great December and we look forward to, to hearing from you.